Fest. It is a week-long celebration that I best describe as Mardi Gras and Halloween having a baby and banishing it to an island. It's, <laughs> That's a, I don't think I've ever heard you describe it that way before. Really? That is such a good description. Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, sign up for more support with meeting your needs with your weekly Universal Needs Notes at theuniversalneeds.com. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So how are we doing today? We are doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We're just doing. We're just just doing. You know, and sometimes that's, you just, you're just doing. Like, we're not doing, I'm I'm doing good. Right? I'm just doing. Doing good in it. (laughs) How are you doing? Um, I'm good. How's your day been so far? It's been good. It's been low key, which is nice. nice. I needed yeah. I needed low key, got up, did my needs menu, and then just kind of puttered about mm-hmm. and really eased into my day. So yeah, nice. it, it felt good. Good. How about you? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good day actually. I I got up early. I managed to get down to the beach for sunrise. I did my needs practice. Um, I got to hang out in the ocean for a little bit, and um, yeah, just gave myself what I needed so that I could be here right now. So, uh, so today we are going to dive in a little deeper to something we started to talk about in episode one. If you've not already listened to it or seen it, go back and, and watch um, Move Over Maslow. There are new needs in town uh, where we start to go over the seven keys to getting all of your needs consistently met. So we give a bit of an overview there, but today we're going to start to just dive in a little bit deeper and get more into what do these things actually mean and how can we kind of relate to them in a way that we can really understand how that applies in, in our life. The first key that we're going to talk about is the what, and it's the what are your universal needs. Mm -hmm. In the universal needs, we teach a model that's a tree Mm -hmm. and it works perfectly because there are four parts to the universal needs tree. You have your roots, your trunk, your branches, and your leaves and fruit. And each of your universal needs falls into one of these four areas. Right, so we have 12 universal needs and these 12 universal needs get split among those four groups. So the first group, as Serena said, is the roots of the tree. So these are your survival needs. So these are the things that you can, will, must find a way of meeting. Most people are getting these needs met, maybe not in the best ways, maybe not in the most effective ways, but they will find a way of getting them met because it is survival. It's part of our survival to get these needs met. Then we've got the trunk of the tree. The trunk of the tree is our intrinsic needs. So when I talk about these um, these groups, people are like, what does intrinsic mean, Claire? Um, and intrinsic is like means essential, like an essential characteristic of something, it's necessary. So the intrinsic needs, the trunk of the tree, is your all the needs that relate to your internal well-being. So your emotional well-being, your sense of uh, worthiness, your sense of being connected to some sort of personal power, all of these things sit in the trunk of the tree. So you've got the 
roots of the tree, which are the survival needs, they're your foundation. Then you've got the trunk of the tree, that's your core. So once you've got your foundation and your core, from then, from there, your tree can grow. And from there, the tree can expand out. And the branches of the tree are your expansive needs. So these are the, the once you've got your foundation and your core solid, from there you can grow and expand and interconnect with more people around you. So it's more about sharing your inner world with the outer world and the outer world with your inner world. A little bit more of, um, there are some more of our social needs in there. There are social needs that exist in the in the roots of the tree and the survival needs, but there are some different social needs that, um, that sit in the, in the branches of the tree in the expansive needs and then you have the leaves and the fruit of the tree so these are the enriching needs so these are the parts of the tree this is the part of the tree and the needs that relate they give you a deeper experience of yourself and a deeper experience of life so it takes all the other aspects and really just helps you to kind of go a little bit deeper and get more enrichment and more fulfillment from the different needs being met so one of the things that is really important to understand is that in the roots of the tree we have three needs and one of those needs is what's called the taproot of the tree. Now, so what is a taproot? So taproot exists in plants. And what happens is the taproot is the, the root that goes down the deepest. It's the primary anchor for the tree. It's also, it goes down to seek out the nourishment that the, the tree needs in terms in a form of water, in, ter in, terms, in terms of nutrients. So when we're talking about the survival needs and the roots of the tree, one of these roots is the taproot. And that is the thing that anchors it and it makes sure that the rest of the tree gets the nourishment it requires one of the reasons it's the, it's one of our survival needs the other thing that's really important for us to remember and recognize when it comes to the universal needs tree and the different groups is that the groups are in an order for a reason now it's not to say that there is a sequence to them as in like you just you just do your roots and then you're done with roots and then you do the trunk and then you're done with the trunk and then you do the right. That's not quite how it works. But it is really important that we prioritize making sure that the, the lower sections of the tree are taken care of as the priority because it's only when the, the foundations of the tree are taken care of that the rest of the tree can thrive. So for example, the taproot of the tree sits in the roots and sits in those survival needs. If that isn't taken care of first, there's no nourishment to the tree. The tree isn't anchored. So it's really important to recognize that we want to take care of the, 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 the tree from the bottom up as you would a tree if you were growing it in your backyard. You, would, you wouldn't expect to start with the branches. You would expect that the roots are the first thing that are gonna develop, then the trunk, then the branches, and then the leaves and the fruit. But this doesn't happen in a linear fashion. Yes, there's gonna be an area of focus as the tree is growing, but the, the roots are still being taken care of while the branches are growing. And the trunk is still being developed as the leaves and the fruit are growing. So it's important to recognize that this is not, these things that, things that happen in parallel, they're not things that are gonna happen in a linear fashion, but we wanna make sure that we take care of the of things from the ground up because the lower on the tree, that your needs are not met, the more you are vulnerable. And you're vulnerable in two main ways. The first way is for yourself finding unhealthy or ineffective ways of meeting those needs. And because they're getting met in some way, shape or form, you're kind of shortcutting the process, but not really taking care of your needs really thoroughly or for other people to come in and meet those needs and you to sacrifice aspects of yourself to try to ensure that person stays there and, and is getting those needs met. 
The other thing to recognize is that like when we start to take people through the universal needs um, program and the content, we always start with the roots and the trunk first. The program actually is split into two programs. We do not teach all 12 needs in one go. I used to do this when I first started. There is a reason that we don't because it's too much. It's too overwhelming and you and people don't really get it. They might understand it intellectually, but we don't want to understand needs intellectually. We want to live it. We want to breathe it. We want to be something that we are actually um, engaging with and embodying in our day-to-day life. So we, we can't cope with all of it at the, at the same time. So we start off with the roots and the trunk. And the reason for that is because the roots and the trunk will provide what needs to happen for us to get the most out of the branches and the leaves and the fruit. Now, let me give you an example of this. So one of the needs that exists in the branches of our tree is growth. It's important need for all of us that we need to be growing and expanding and developing. However, if we are missing, if we have like a gap in the trunk of our tree, let's say our need that relates to our sense of worthiness, what will end up happening is if we're putting all of our energy in the to the branches of the tree and we're ignoring the trunk, what will end up happening is that we will only grow to the extent to which we believe we are worthy of growing. And if we have a gap where our worthiness is, we're not gonna be worthy of growing very far, we're not gonna to grow to our fullest potential. If, however, we tend to, we, we instead focus our energy from the bottom up, our roots are taken care of, oh, hold on, we've got a gap around the trunk, around our sense of worthiness. We put all our energy and nourishment into that, the tree will more naturally grow to its fullest potential potential way better than it would do if we were focusing all our energy on trying to grow the branches. So it's really important to recognize that that the as with a tree in the wild or in nature or even in the back in, in your backyard or in your back garden, we want to make sure that we're taking care of things in the sequence that's going to allow the tree to be best supported and best nourished and best able to reach its fullest potential. The other thing is that if we focus all of our energy on the branches and the leaves and the fruit, and we don't take the time to focus our energy on establishing the trunk and making sure it's really solid, or making sure we've got well-developed roots or any roots at all, what will end up happening is that as things happen in life, as we go through the ups and downs of life, the tree's gonna be unstable because we we all know what life is like. We, we're all adults. Things happen, shit happens. We have situations that come up unexpectedly and those situations are like the elements. And if our tree isn't well taken care of at the, ba- at the base and in terms of the trunk, the tree will actually be unstable. And so the more we take that focus to really take care and nurture the roots, the survival needs and the trunk, the intrinsic needs, the better we'll be able to withstand the ups and downs of life. And if, if something comes along, yes, we may bend, but we're not gonna be uprooted. As somebody who has, uh, I mean, both Serena and I have seen the, the consequences of a category five hurricane coming at a small little island chain um, because we both experienced Hurricane Irma a few years back. And we know what it's like that even like, even the most established trees with the deepest roots, you get a strong enough wind, those puppies will be uprooted. So we really wanna make sure that we are well rooted, that our roots are really well developed, that our trunk is really well developed so that no matter what kind of wind speed comes our way, we know we're gonna stay anchored to the ground. So there are there are some trees that got uprooted. There were other trees that were still in the same path, experienced the same wind, but because they were much more established, they were able to stay rooted into the ground and they survived even in the most extreme of circumstances. Well, it's interesting we're talking about the roots because when I first started into my journey, that's where I found a lot of my issues really lied is because my roots weren't properly being nourished. And- but what's interesting is, sorry, let me just jump in. Mm-hmm. 
If I asked, when I asked you where you thought the issue was, you didn't say roots. No, you no, didn't no. identify that to begin with, right? No, not at all. Because I was like, I was check, I was checking the boxes. I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, that is that's the basis of everything. That's as we said, the survival needs. So those are the things you need to survive. You're mm-hmm. gonna get those needs met because it's essential for survival, but it's the ways that you do it that really make it effective or not. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally started to learn about what the actual needs were and how I could meet those needs, I was able to not, it was like fertilizing and really nourishing my roots instead of just throwing some water on them. I I was really feeding them and I was doing things that were making me grow from the roots. Like I felt the solid, the connectedness where, as you said before, I would have been like, oh, yeah, no, 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 I got my survival needs down. Like, here I am, living, breathing, speaking. Right. However, it was not not anywhere near (laughs) meeting them in a way that worked for me. I was meeting them for my simple survival. Now I meet them and I thrive. Right. And it's interesting actually having watched you go through that process because – I saw how you coped or didn't, as the case may have been, when life happened to you before we went through this program and how not tiny things, but in the grand scheme of things, relatively minor things would have a massive impact on you and really kind of take you out Mm -hmm. sometimes for quite a significant period of time. And it's interesting how even when you started to learn about needs, you didn't identify that the roots were where were where it was at for you. But once you did and you were like, oh, I need to know, here are the three needs that I really need to be focused on right now. And then you put the energy into that. It was remarkable seeing how grounded you got and how solid you got and how um, resilient you got. Like almost not no matter what came your way, because obviously you still, we still had to navigate that Mm -hmm. stuff, but it didn't take you out in the same, that was certainly how it seemed to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, your reference to the tree in a hurricane is exactly, it's a very good, you know, comparison to how Mm -hmm. I felt like, because before I would constantly get, I mean, admittedly so, constantly get taken out in I, at that point, I have to be honest, I wasn't replanting myself. I'm calling in the troops being like, replant me, what do I do? I'm on my back. (laughs) And that, I mean, that was my reality. Right. And now I feel like, I'm like, all right, come at me. All right, I'll bend. I'll bend. And it's like, I know. Yeah. Because I know my needs. I know how to meet them in a way that works for me. Right. And it's, it was interesting for me when I first, and, and, there, and there have been different parts of my journey because absolutely there are, there was a point where it, my roots weren't taken care of at all. Um, and actually uh, a little bit later on in the, uh, it's, it's several episodes from now, I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about my personal story and kind of how I personally ended up here. And at that point, you'll, you'll hear it. When you listen to that, you'll be like, oh, that's what she meant. Those were the roots. Like the roots weren't being taken care of there. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back and take care of the roots in order to be able to even think about the rest of the tree. Like the roots had to be taken care of first. But the interesting thing for me, I think, was when I realized it was that my my trunk wasn't being well taken care of. Because I think socially and societally that we have, we're, we're taught to focus on the branches. We're taught to focus on 
growth, expansion, like do more, be more, have more, acquire, achieve, perfect, perfect, like all these things. It's all about more, 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 grow, 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 like buy, 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 like whatever it is, it's always about we need more. And that more is always in that kind of expansive space. And so we're kind of conditioned and trained to focus on the branches of the tree, but we're also conditioned socially to ignore the trunk. Like we're not taught to take care of our inner well-being at all. We're ta- taught to make sure that we do need to do what we need to do so we carry on surviving, so we carry on showing up for work and for family and for friends. We largely ignore the trunk and then we're taught to focus on the branches. And that's what I was doing. It was like, go, 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 do, 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 more, more, more. Um, and it was interesting, even, even when it came to... Um, personal growth and develop, development, I remember I had a uh, an incident where I'd, I'd gone from this kind of constant, like must grow, must improve, must keep moving forward in a corporate setting. And then what I realized was after a few years in the personal growth space, I was doing exactly the same thing, just relating to personal growth. It was always like the next book, the next seminar, the next um, concept, the next model, the next methodology, the next audio book. Like it, there was, it was never enough. There was always like, oh, must do more, must do more, must do more. And even in this thing that was supposed to be supporting me, I was applying this thing that was focusing on the branches and not worrying about and taking care of what my inner well-being was and focusing and nourishing on that. And and it's interesting because that that go, do, be, more, have was very much a, a symptom of not feeling enough. Like feeling like I had to do more, I had to improve, I had to get better because I didn't feel enough. And that feeling enough was the trunk of the universal needs tree, or it sat in the trunk of, the, it wasn't the only thing in the trunk of the universal needs tree, there were other things in there as well. But that recognizing that, that kind of doing what I needed to do to meet my need to feel enough without the need to do more, without the need to have more, without the need to achieve or acquire more. That was really powerful and really eye-opening for me. And the interesting thing was, is that I think people think that if you feel enough, you won't want to do more. Like at that point, you'll be like, dumb, I'm going to sit back on the couch, put my feet up, and I'm never going to want to do anything for the rest of my life. Nothing could be further from the truth. Once the trunk is well taken care of, you have the energy and the resources that you naturally want to do. But it's it's this kind of organic growth where it feels in alignment with with your state of being and, and with the resources that you have. You don't feel like you're trying to force it because you don't feel enough. It's like, I feel enough. And now I would love to expand a little bit more and grow more into this. And that was that was a really powerful experience for me. And and I know that we had a this came up as something very interesting around one of our fun times in the year for you, right? There was a there was a, a story around Fantasy Fest that where this this kind of understanding what your need was and how to meet it was really powerful. It really was. And it was actually before I really kind of dove and did my deep dive into the program. So it was still a little bit out here for me. I still got it at that point. Just for those of you who are not, are not seeing the video, she's kind of gesturing outside of her head. Like, it's conceptual. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> We're all a little bit out there. so <laughs> Especially down here, mm-hmm. um, which brings us back mm-hmm. to Fantasy Fest. <laughs> 
Um, for those of you who don't know, we are located in Key West currently, mm-hmm. and one of the big events on the island every year at the end of October, we have Fantasy Fest. It is a week-long celebration that I best describe as Mardi Gras and Halloween having a baby and banishing it to an island. Yes. It's <laughs> that's a, I've never done I've ever heard you describe it that way before. Really? That is such a good description that's, of Fantasy Fest. That's always how I've described it. Before I even knew, and then I got here, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is banished. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really fun event and especially I, if anybody who knows me knows I'm a tiny bit extra and uh, just a little, yeah I just got a, a, little. a little thing for costumes I don't pay for a storage unit that's pretty much full of costumes or and anything just, just to give <laughs> just to give a little bit more context this fantasy fest is like a week-long celebration where there is there are multiple events happening every single day for actually more than a week. It's about 10 days actually Mm -hmm. in total. Um, And so it's not like it's a one night thing like Halloween. Like this is a big celebration that that goes on for a significant period of time. And multiple times per day. I mean, the the first year I was, oh, I'm going to do this. And I was there every night, multiple parties. And I'm like, I'm too old for this. (laughs) (laughs) No such thing. No such thing. But it didn't meet your needs to do that. That's it, the it thing. did not meet my needs to do that. <laughs> but one of the things that I love to do, and it's something I love, I love crafts, I love creating, mm-hmm. we have a group of friends that love to do Fantasy Fest together, and I would create group costumes for specific events. And I'd come up with the idea for the costumes, I'd then create the costumes, and which originally started with, I think, like six people interested, turned into we had 30-something people joining right. our little group that we were doing and I was like this is great and, and, and I mean just to give just to give a little bit of like I just I want people to understand like when Serena does this she doesn't just do a costume there's a whole concept there's a whole it's an event um, like so for example there is a zombie bike ride that happens here every year and I think the first year we all did it we were zombies um, so we all had bee costumes we were, were zombies but we also had a beekeeper like and we had the queen from the like it wasn't just bees it was like and we had like signs on our bicycle saying save the bees it was it's a production it's not just a costume I want to kind of <laughs> convey this this is so much more we didn't we did the uh, we, there was a music theme and we did the dancing bears from the Grateful Dead but we didn't just have the dancing bears we had all the special bears and then we had VW camper vans made out of cardboard attached to tricycles <laughs> that turned out to be a disaster to actually cycle in but it was like it's it's not like it's not like going down and picking up a costume at the store this is a whole production and she creates every aspect of the costume it's it's an entirely produced thing that that she puts heart and soul into (laughs) well and yeah the fact you even said store-bought costume i'm like (laughs) (laughs) and that was probably part of the issue is Mm -hmm. because i do i put myself into these events and these costumes and then uh the first year I was it was low key and then I then I tend to be I'm like oh I'm that extra well, now I got to be really extra <laughs> and I was starting to really really wonder if what I was giving I was worried yeah. I'm like there was a lot of anxiety there was a ton of anxiety that nobody was going to appreciate they're going to see that it was they weren't going to see what I had put into it. And it's like, well, am I valuing at this at the right price? Not thinking of my value and what I've put into it, but thinking of what value are they putting on what I'm doing. And that need, that 
talks about our value, our worthiness. That sits in the trunk of the tree. That sits in the trunk of the tree was unknowingly, because nobody meant to be doing this to me. And it was pressure I was putting on myself because I wasn't I wasn't actually meeting that need for myself. So I wasn't putting the value on not just what I was giving, but my emotional labor, my physical labor, all of the things that go into producing this. So quite often what was happening was Serena was charging the members of the group just for literally what the the physical cost of the uh, of the components that she was um, spending money on. And what then would happen was she was worried that people wouldn't people would think they were too expensive or wouldn't um, wouldn't re- realize that they were the 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 value of having somebody do that. But the reason that she was worried about that was because she wasn't seeing the value. She wasn't actually putting a value on the amount of time it took her to come up with the ideas, the amount of time she spent shopping online trying to find the damn costumes to get them all to fit, to get them to fit all the different um, the sizes, and uh, and then the 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 time and labor to actually create the costumes and actually build them and put them together, and then obviously there are the physical costs on top of that. And I remember we had a conversation. She was like, well, what if people like, I, I, I want to make sure that she was kept wanting to do more. And I, and I was like, why are you wanting to do more? They're already getting a steal. They haven't had to think about what the costume is that they're going to need to do. They haven't had to think about coordinating with anybody else. They haven't had to source it and the time and energy that goes into that. And then returning all the ones that don't work and don't fit. And they haven't had to put the costume together. And you've literally just handed it to them on the day going, here's what you're going to wear. And it was only when I said that, I literally watched the penny drop. (laughs) Serena, (laughs) oh, you're right. Like... The fact that it's costing them whatever it was, like $30 or $40 or whatever it was, that was just the physical components. They were getting so much more than that. But in order for for Serena to be able to let go and, and trust and go, actually, you know what? You are getting, like, this is an incredible deal you're getting right now. She had to recognize it for herself. And because you didn't really know at that point that that, that need relating to your value and worth existed, it was only when I pointed that out, you were like, oh, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it was, it really was kind of a poof. Like... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I I remember multiple conversations around this. And now it's a question of, and what's really beautiful is that Serena still does the same thing. But what she says is like, I'm doing this. If anybody wants to join, this is what it's going to cost. This is what you're going to get. If you want to join, great. If you don't want to join, great. And that, the energy, your energy around it has changed completely. It doesn't feel like there's any stress or any pressure. It's like, oh, this is fun because I enjoy crafting. So I'm going to do this. And if anybody wants to benefit from it, they can do. And if they don't want to benefit from it, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it that choice and mm-hmm. just so much. We could, we could just go dive deeper right. and deeper into the fantasy fest. Yeah. But let's get to the second key. Mm-hmm. And that second key, it's important to know the how, the ways you're actually going to meet your needs that work for you. Right. And when it comes to this, we, we touched on this a little bit in, in episode one is that there are a couple of different aspects when it comes to the how and the way of meeting the need and finding the way of meeting the need that works for you. So the the first is at a more general level. Um, And so I'm gonna talk about that. And as we spoke about in episode one, 
The need sits in the middle of a spectrum. And the way that you choose to meet that need sits somewhere on that spectrum between one end, which is red, and the, between the other end that is green. So the red end of the spectrum, these are the ways of meeting needs which are less fulfilling, they may be draining, they may be less healthy, they may be less empowering. And these tend to be the ways that we're culturally taught to meet our needs. These are the things that we are, these are the ways that um we're conditioned into. And not like someone sits us down and goes, this is the way to meet your needs. It's more that actually we just, we learn from seeing what other people are doing around us and from the media and from from parents and from teachers and from peers and friends and family. We went through doing that, we go, oh, that's the way we do it. Okay, so we're gonna do it that way. Now the issue with doing it at that end of the spectrum is that this is the end of the spectrum which is the less nourishing one. So I describe it like the TV dinner way of meeting needs, where, okay, you might, you might, might stop yourself from feeling hungry for a very short period of time. But in actual fact, in a very short while later, you're actually gonna be hungry all over again because there's no nourishment. You've not actually met the need. You've not actually nourished that need fully. You've just satiated the hunger momentarily. And when it comes to um, the, the red end of the spectrum, what you tend to find is you can be doing a lot of stuff to meet that need and really feeling very little or no benefit. It doesn't feel like the need is being met. At the other end of the spectrum, the green end of the spectrum, that's the whole th- food, home-cooked, nutritionally balanced, yummy, scrummy version of meeting needs where not only is it going to satiate the hunger, it's actually providing the nourishment. So this is the more fulfilling, the healthier, the more empowering ways of meeting our needs, the ways we haven't really been taught. And it's actually relatively easy when you understand the two ways to switch from one to the other. It's not a binary. It's not like it's a red way or it's a green way. That way is going to sit somewhere on that spectrum between the two. And the the further it is towards the green, the the more likely it is that we're going to feel more fulfilled by doing it that way. And that's the end of the spectrum where you can be doing a very little thing to little amount to meet the need and feel this huge benefit like this this huge fulfillment and there's actually a very um uh very interesting example that i have from my own personal life um with relates specifically to food which really sort of sums this up so i was in chicago many years ago and i was doing a detox while i was there and on the back end of this detox i became raw vegan for a while and um i was having i was i mean i wasn't just eating salads i was um literally i had a dehydrator so i was making raw vegan food so i was making things like pizza pockets which were kind of about this big if you're on the video um and um the thing that I found is that the whole thing with the with the raw vegan diet is that the by not cooking the food above a certain temperature, it means that the nutritional content of the food is is kept. So you get more nutrition from less food when you're having a raw vegan diet. Now, intellectually, I knew this, but there was something about the experience of having a pizza pocket and having to only eat half of it, along with a very small salad, and feeling stuffed like it was remarkable because I knew quantity wise I'm someone I like I'm a foodie I like my food I don't do like small portions generally speaking I like a large portion of food and my brain couldn't comprehend how I was full because I knew I wasn't physically full as in I hadn't filled my stomach but I felt full because the, the the stomach had signaled to the brain it had enough nutrition it didn't need us to eat it didn't need me to eat anymore 
So I was in this process and it was like, mind blown. Like when, when I, when it was happening, I was like, this is really cool. It's really weird, but it's really cool. Now, as it turned out, being a foodie, before I got out to Chicago, I, I looked to see what events were on while I was there. And while I was there, the Chicago Food Festival was on. So I was like, you know what? I'm still going to go to the Chicago Food Festival and I'm going to allow myself to not be raw vegan for the day. I'm still vegan because of, of the detox I was doing. But I'm like, you know what? I don't need to be raw for the day. I'm going to go and I'm just going to enjoy eating the things. Um, in fact, I don't even think I was vegan for that day. I think I just allowed myself to eat what I wanted to. I wasn't, I, I'm vegan now by choice, but it wasn't, it was just a part of the detox that I was doing at the time. And I remembered I had all kinds of different things. I had like a part of like a record breaking giant cheesecake. Um, I had um, some nachos. I had, there were, there were various things. The thing that I found shocking was I literally ate all day and I could not get full. And having just had these teeny tiny portions and been like stuffed and literally cramming food in, not obviously cramming food in, <laughs> there were moments where it, but it could have looked like that. Um, but I was literally eating and yummy food, lots of like different things and, and in some respects healthy food. There were like, I've just named the very unhealthy things that I ate. There were some healthy things I ate that day as well. So it wasn't like I was just eating junk food. I was eating, but I was eating a huge quantity and no matter how much I ate, I was still hungry at the end of it because there was no nutrition. And it was like the most obvious example of the difference between the red and green spectrum during that day I was eating red food and it didn't matter how much I ate I couldn't get enough of it because I wasn't getting the nourishment I need yet when I'd been doing the raw vegan and I'd only had that teeny tiny thing with a huge nutritional value tiny amount bang I'm full and I'm full for a long time as well and I didn't need to eat anymore so the red and green spectrum is just one of the aspects with respect to the how and the ways of getting the need met that works for you. Do you want to share a little bit about the other, Serena? Yeah, the other is you need to find the specific ways that work for you. Not everything works for everybody and not everything works the same way every time. Sometimes you need to meet that need in a different way yes. to make it fulfilling for that moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that I'll do the same thing two days in a row to meet the same need and sometimes I do because I'm like you know what more of that because that's what felt good right absolutely and, and what you want to do is you want to figure out what is the what is the the version of this that's going to work for where you're at right now and work for you in rather than somebody else so it's like the, the ways that work for you and the ways that work for me are going to be different and just generally the way we do that is we figure out what's the amount of energy it's going to take feel like it takes to do this versus what's the fulfillment I'm going to get out of this because it may take me a little bit of energy to do this thing that Serena does to meet her needs I only get this amount of fulfillment from it, but she gets this amount of fulfillment from it. So there's a difference. So, you, so, so she's going to choose that that thing. I'm probably going to find something else because there's something else that's going to take a little bit of energy, but I'm going to get that same level of fulfillment. So we want to make sure that we're, that we're finding the ways of doing this that work for us. And then as Serena said, and the ways that are going to work moment to moment, because depending on the situation, depending on our capacity, depending on how well our other needs are going to be met. Like if our 
survival needs aren't well met, those, those roots of the tree aren't well met, then it may determine what ways we're going to meet the rest of the, the needs in the tree because we may have less energy with which to meet those other needs. So I've got a couple of um, like stories that kind of come to mind that really kind of highlight this, the importance of the way that we meet our needs. And one was we had, uh, I had a client who went through the Universal Needs Program and at one point in the program, we take through uh, people and help them to figure out how regularly they're meeting each of their needs. So when we look at the first seven needs, we look at each of them and we say, okay, what do you think? How regularly do you think you're meeting that need? And so they kind of take this kind of gut steer on uh, rarely, never, sometimes, often. Um, and then what we do is that in the next step on from that, depending what level of the program they're going through, we actually take them through a, a, an exercise for them to identify all of the ways that they are trying to meet that need or that they are, all the things they're doing to meet that need. And I had a client, she came to me, she's like, oh my God, Claire, she's like, I, I'm shocked. And I said, why? Like, what happened? And she said, when she uh, tried to identify how well met the need was, she didn't think she was doing anything to meet the need. As far as she was concerned, the need was being not met in the slightest. Then when she went through the next piece of the exercise, she identified she was doing stuff all the time to try to meet this need. Literally a significant portion of her day every day was doing things to try to meet that need. But as we went through it, she realized every single one of the things she was doing to meet those needs or that need was full red spectrum. It was right the way on the red spectrum. And what we learned from that is that not only um, is it a waste of energy because we're putting a lot in and not getting much out, but when we're meeting our needs in red spectrum ways, it doesn't feel very different to having them not met at all. So it is a complete waste of our energy because we're not getting any benefit while putting a lot of energy in. So that energy in fulfillment out equation is way out of whack because we're putting loads of energy in, we're getting very little out. And sometimes we're getting nothing out. It feels like it's making no difference. I describe it as like trying to fill a bucket with a hole in the bottom. Like it doesn't matter how much you put in, it pours straight out and it makes no difference to how full the bucket is. Um, the other uh, um, example from my own personal experience was um, to do with my yoga practice. So I practice yoga every morning. And it's something I've done for years and it's, um, it's, a, it's a real part of my day. But I remember that there was, a, there was a, a point in the process where all of a sudden it felt like a drain to do yoga. And I was like, well, I don't understand. Why is this different? What, what's different about this? Because I'm doing the same thing every day. And then I realized how I was doing my yoga, how I was approaching doing my yoga, it was just another thing on my to-do list. And things on my to-do list take energy. They don't give me energy. And because it was another thing on my to-do list, all of a sudden it had switched from being something that was actually meeting my needs and filling me up to hold on a second. Now it's something that is draining my needs and actually not nourishing me in any way, shape or form. And I remember kind of going through this thought process and being like, what's different? Like I love yoga and I love the feeling I get and I love the that practice and all of the different aspects of it. Like it's not just the, it's not an exercise, it's a, it's a lifestyle. And in that moment where I'm coming to embodying all these different aspects of yoga, it feels so good. Why is this not feeling good? And it was because 
I'd forgotten while I was doing it, why I was doing it. And I'd forgotten that it was something that filled me up. And I was approaching it as something that was going to drain me that I had to do because it was part of my morning that I did every day and it was draining me rather than something that actually was nourishing me. And I remember I was in the south of Spain on a house set. I could tell you which yoga practice I did. I can tell you the room I was in when I was doing it. When I stepped back onto that mat and approached it in a green spectrum way and the second my feet hit the mat, like I could feel the energy kind of coming through my body. I felt how filled up I was. And even if I hadn't done the practice, I mean, I did the practice and it was amazing. But even without doing the practice, just how I approached it made a complete difference to how it felt and how nourished I felt from doing it. I have a similar situation and it's actually kind of odd because it's not something that I particularly, like yoga is something you love and you love to yeah. embody and um as you tell this story, I think of my own journey with the gym. Mm -hmm. um, anybody who knows me, like I am not, the gym is not something that I would say is my thing. And when I first started going to the gym, the way I was approaching it was in a red spectrum way. I was finding, like I was going and I'm like, this should be good for me. I'm gonna feel great. And it's like, oh, why do I feel like crap? Why am I so <laughs> tired? Like this is exhausting and not exhausting as in I did good at the gym, I'm physically tired. Just something didn't feel right about mm -hmm. it and i realized after learning what my needs were that it was because of how i was approaching it the reasons why i was doing it mm -hmm. and the red spectrum in which i was doing it mm -hmm. once i made that shift to doing this in a green spectrum way i actually enjoy going to the gym Shh, don't tell anyone don't tell <laughs> not a soul <laughs> And when I don't get there, I'm like, oh, I I really want to go. And I it's miss it. I miss it because mm -hmm. of the green spectrum. It's like, oh, it feels so good to move my body. This nourishes me. This makes me feel good. This helps all these different needs where before when I was meeting them in a red way or doing the gym in a red way, it was actually a detriment to my other needs because I was putting this have to do mm -hmm. above what I what I thought I had to do and why I was doing it right. above what I actually needed. And it's interesting actually, because I want I want to make sure that I'm kind of jumping in here to ensure that, that we're representing this accurately. This does not mean that Serena does not put in hard work at the gym. It does not mean <laughs> that she doesn't end up with aching muscles. Yes. It does not mean that she's not sweating her ass off. Or that I'm not saying I there yes expletives that want to come out but like there are days i get home i'm like why do i do this to myself and then it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's why that's why like, and this is the thing is so it doesn't mean like when we're talking about the red and green spectrum ways it doesn't mean that everything is beautiful sunshine rainbows and butterflies the whole time it's still real but it's how we approach it changes the the extent to which our needs are met and the extent to which our needs met changes our state of internal resourcement resourcement resourcefulness <laughs> resourcefulness or fulfillment <laughs> that was good yeah resourcement that's going to be our new word resourcement uh, resourcement um uh, you heard it here first everybody <laughs> Uh, and, and your sense of like your capacity, your mm -hmm. levels of energy, how your emotional well-being, like all of those things. So your internal state feels different, even though, yeah, 
doing certain things at the gym, like doing a boxing training, that's tough. It doesn't stop it being hard work and it doesn't stop you aching afterwards. But what it means is that the needs that you're meeting by doing that are getting fulfilled as well, or instead of not getting fulfilled as they have been in other ways. Yeah, I walk out of the gym now, it's almost like, look at me. <laughs> look at me go rather than slink, like Rocky on top of the stairs pretty much rather than <laughs> slinking out being like why the hell do I do this to myself all the time now it does it fulfills me and it energizes me it's- yeah absolutely absolutely so I think that's everything for today. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this. We've certainly enjoyed sharing with you. And I'm really looking forward to the upcoming episodes that we've got coming because we're going to be doing even more deep dives into the different aspects of the seven keys that we talked about in episode one. So watch this space. If with what we've shared today, you've got any questions or there's challenges or there's things you're like, actually, I'd love you to share more about that. Get in touch with us via our social media or via the um, the website, theuniversalneeds.com, and we will add your questions and suggestions and challenges into upcoming podcasts so we can make sure that we're sharing the stuff that's really helpful for you. Before we finish up, anything you want to add? I'm good. I'm fantastic. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you again really, really soon. And in the meantime, stay safe. Lots of love and remember to keep meeting your own needs. Bye. That's it for today. If you liked what you heard and would like to see some of Serena's awesome facial expressions, check out the video podcast via Patreon. And remember, for your universal needs tree to thrive, you need to take care of it from the ground up. The roots, the trunk, the branches, and then the leaves and the fruits. Well, shit. It really is that simple.